It's time to light it up. My name is Matt Hallisey, and welcome to the Sales Cheat Code Podcast, the only sales podcast where we learn how to effortlessly land more clients than you can handle by doing the exact opposite of what we were taught to do. How do we do this? By not provoking people to give us objections, because what we're doing reminds them of all the other pushy salespeople they've had try to sell them using the same tired tactics that they learn from mainstream sales trainers. Instead, we introduce you to the sales cheat code, the instinctive reactions deeply programmed inside all of us that make people automatically want to buy from us. The crazy thing is, you don't need to have any talent or experience to enjoy these results. You just have to know the cheat code. Hey everybody, in today's episode, we are gonna solve a major problem that a lot of people are having today in the age of COVID. Now, over the last few weeks, we have had, I think, a total of 30 million people lose their jobs. And it sounds like a crazy number, a totally draconian number. I mean, a number that we would never even have ever imagined. But what if I told you that that number is about to be dwarfed? Well, it is. You see, over these last five months, you've had business owners, small business owners particularly, doing their best, clawing and stretching themselves to make sure they can keep their business viable, basically. And so they try to keep their staff, they try to keep their finances in order, and they know that when the curve switches up and the economy comes back, that they're going to need, one, they're going to need their business to be in business, but two, they're going to need their staff. So let's say, for example, you own a business and you had 50 people and you laid off maybe five or 10 of them, and you're doing everything you can to keep that business viable. But then you have a guy next to him who has the same type of business, 50 people, but he basically laid off 45 of them. Now, when the economy starts to come back and we start to see businesses open, the guy who basically has more people on payroll is gonna have a distinct advantage over the other guys because the other guy has to go hire people. So he doesn't even have the manpower to get started right now, which is going to bleed him dry even more so. Now, one of the main things that people don't talk about is that one of the reasons why these huge layoff numbers are going to multiply quickly is because of the effect of the PPP program, the Payroll Protection Program. And basically, it's the government's intervention to make sure that you keep your staff on payroll. Well, the problem is most people, if you aren't paying super close attention, and, and most people aren't, is that the government came out and basically, these are the politicians more so, came out and said that there are no more planned renewals of the P payroll protection program, which means that it has a specific lifespan, which means that it's not going to last that long. So if we start to see these shutdowns continue, or we start to see states like the state that I live in actually start to extend their lockdowns and even expand their lockdowns even further, while at the same time you have that payroll protection program lifeline set to expire, you're going to see these businesses lose hope. And they're going to start laying people off. And as we talked about in our last episode, people who run these businesses, they have contingency plans in place and they have a layoff list. They know who they're going to lay off first. And at the same time, they know they have a list of people who they know they're never going to lay off. 
And realistically, if you're going to survive this pandemic and not get laid off and not have to go on unemployment and not have to lose your house or apartment when that 90-day kind of grace period for the landlord to be able to evict people expires, and when the economy goes up, having to compete with all these tens of millions of people applying for work again and making it super difficult to be able to get to the same job and there's no way in the world you're going to get the same pay. You need to avoid that layoff. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about what you can do to do that. Now, typically to do that, what I expected on on my staff when we had our list is there were three things that somebody could do to avoid the layoff. First, and this is the one we're going to talk about today, is to generate phone calls that aren't calling you. The second is to actually convert these customers very easily, even in the age of a pandemic where people are on edge. And the third is to turn this system on autopilot so that you can guarantee consistency in your results. Now, today we're going to talk about that first step, how to actually generate phone calls. Now, one of the things that we're finding in this pandemic and I'm an economics guy, so you're going to hear me speak a lot about economic terms, and I'll do my best to define them, is we see the, the demand curve drop. And what that means is if we, if we visualize a chart where you have an X, Y, and you have demand, you know, like one line going up and one line going down crossing it, that's your supply and demand curve. And we say a curve, it could be a straight line, but usually it's a curve. And as demand goes down, the prices of things go down generally. And that's where you see deflation. And we talk about deflation, we're really going to talk about it as it relates to wages. Now, I normally don't sit here and go deep into economics. This is not an economics-based podcast, but today it's important for, for us to really understand why economics is going to drive the need to do what you're going to need to do and how it will affect your strategy. So when the demand curve drops and the prices drop, we look at prices as wages, and you're thinking, well, how is a price a wage? That's the money I make. Well, so it's, it's a wage. The wages are an expense to your employer. And I can tell you this. In business school, one of the first things they tell you to do, if your business is having trouble, the first thing that you have to do to extend and give yourself, extend your ability to be viable and to give yourself the best chance to survive a downturn, whether or not it's a systematic economic downturn or just your company as a whole, or alone even, is you need to limit your variable expenses. And what that means is things that you can make a change on. So let's say you own a restaurant. A fixed expense or a fixed cost is your rent. It's not changing. If you don't pay your rent, you don't have a business. So you have to pay that. But a variable expense or a variable cost is the wages you pay and the amount of, you know, it could be the amount of inventory you order, all those things you immediately do. And so that's why you're starting to see layoffs on the front end, but they're just preventative layoffs on for that business owner. But if that payroll protection program doesn't get extended, you're going to see him have to make deeper, way deeper cuts to his business. And so realistically, the best thing that you can do to basically preserve your job is you have to learn to be invaluable to your boss. And nobody ever talks about that. I don't think I've ever talked about that before. But you need to be invaluable to your boss right away. You need to be someone that he looks to, not as an employee, 
but somebody who is a key driver of revenue in your business so that you can help sustain the revenue side and keep them in business longer. Trust me, I know when I look at I looked at all my staff who were the most valuable people there. And those people went on my exempt list. Sometimes they were revenue extenders and sometimes they were culture drivers. Sometimes they were idea drivers. But for the most part right now, everybody where there's water coming under the ship needs to grab an oar and the most valuable oar is the person who's gonna be a revenue driver. So to do that, when we look at the demand dropping, you need to understand that people are less likely to be calling you. So if you've gotten used to people calling you or you call and you know you expect people to walk to your door or you just leave the same voicemail that you've ever left before and you expect them to call back in the same proportion that they have before, well, simply that's not going to happen. And, and I'm just going to be very honest with you. If you're planning to do that, it's going to fail spectacularly. So what you need to do is we need to figure out a way to get people to start calling us. And I know there's people listening to this going, well, that seems stupid. You just said they're not going to be calling you, right? Well, what I said was they're not going to be calling you if you do the same things that you've always done. But what if you've done, what if you decide to do things differently? What if you decide to employ a strategy to increase the ability or the likelihood that somebody's going to call you? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. You see, when I first started out in sales, and I've talked about this a little bit, I I walked into this job and it was in a phone center. And trust me, with the amount of people we had there, there was no social distancing whatsoever. And the whole idea, the business model, the idea was that people were expected to make hundreds of calls a day in order to generate a certain number of contacts, which in turn would generate a certain number of appointments being set, which would generate a certain number of people signing up for what we were offering. And, and, and realistically, it was because most people weren't super great at sales, so you had to get that first number up, that outbound phone call number up, as high as you could to generate the rest of the numbers that would kind of cascade down. Well, I saw that, and I, I just was not very happy about that, but I didn't know any, anything else to do. And it wasn't until, and really, I would say rather on the other side, I would, I would end up leaving voicemails for people and nobody would ever call me back. And I'm thinking, man, I'm not going to be very good at this job. I'm probably not going to last very long. And I, I was looking at the script and it was a script that I actually, bar I say borrowed, but I stole it from this girl, Brandy, at my job. And, and, she, and, and, and it just didn't work. Like it was terrible. And I remember just literally just tossing it up. I literally would just crumple up the paper just crumpled up the paper and thought I could wing it and do a better job than this. And so I ended up winging it. And soon enough, I, I happened to just leave one voicemail, which I just listened to. And I'm like, whoa, I can't believe that. That was awesome. So I immediately hung up the phone and started trying to write down exactly what I said to the best of my memory. And over the next two month, I months, I really started to perfect it. And I took a lot of the things that I learned from the advertising and public relations background had I had, as well as the time I had in the community, and got to a point where I developed a voicemail, and this was in a matter of, a, gosh, maybe five to six weeks, that got me a 50% callback rate, which means if I made just 10 calls a day, now keep in mind that people around me are calling over 200 times in a lot of cases, sometimes 300. If I just made 10 calls a day, I would have five people calling me back, but not just calling me back, 
calling me back interested in what I was having. I mean, that was their innate standard response. And so today we're going to talk about exactly what I did to get that result. Now, one of the things you need to realize when you're leaving a voicemail, you're leaving a voicemail for somebody who is not waiting for your call. They're not sitting back going, I like for me, they're not waiting back going, man, I cannot wait till this guy from Matt from San Diego calls me. I'm just literally going to drop what I'm doing and I'm going to be super focused and I just can't wait to hear what he has to say. I mean, there's no way that's going to happen. So what you need to do is you need to understand what's working against you. And in a lot of cases, the voicemail that you have is working or the voicemail speaker that you have is working against you. So for example, if you look at any phone, I don't care if it's the newest iPhone or it's a handset you have at home or like an actual hardline phone, the speaker is usually the last thing that they put any amount of money or technology or even thought into. And so realistically, when you leave a voicemail, your voice isn't going to carry very well. At the same time, they're not sitting around waiting for you to, um, they're not sitting around waiting for you to call. So when they see a voicemail, really their whole point of it is to just get rid of the voicemail as soon as possible, right? I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to give you like maybe three to five seconds. And if you don't make it super interesting, I'm hitting the delete button and you're down. So what you need to realize is that you're basically behind the eight ball before you even start. So one of the things that I quickly realized is when I left the voicemail, I had to be on my A game. I had to be really thinking about exactly what I was doing, the words that I was using, and how I was going to speak into that voicemail. Now, on top of that, one of the things that people, I mean, realistically, and this is the case with me, I'm sure it is with you too, when people check their voicemail, the voicemails that are left for them are always very boring. I mean, they are. I mean, I'm just, I, I find myself, I don't care who, and except if it's a loved one, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, I, I, <laughs> I don't care who it is. I'm just rolling my eyes, just thinking to myself, will you just get on with it? This is so freaking boring. And if it gets to a point where I've just had it, I just hit the delete button. And I figure if it's important, they'll call me back, right? So one of the things that I quickly realized is I needed not to be boring. So when I left a voicemail, I have to be on my A game. I have to be energetic, excited, and I have to do something different than what anybody else did. Now, secondarily, one of the things that I need to do is one of the things that I actually had to realize was that when people are in this point where they're, where they're just thinking, okay, this is boring, there's actually a part of your brain, and we don't ever talk about this too much, but there's actually a part of your brain called the thalamus. It's built into the cerebral cortex, and its whole job is to basically handle routine tasks and to handle routine stimuli, but it doesn't just handle it. It disposes of it, and in sales, a really simple thing that I've, I've always said is that that, thal or that thalamus, that, that pulvener, will never buy from you, so if it ever gets engaged, you're done, and so... When somebody's sitting here expecting for their that voicemail to be boring, that 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 zombie mode, as I like to call it, that pulvener takes over and it basically is is it puts you on a short leash and it deletes your voicemail. So what you need to do when you're leaving a voicemail is you need to come out of your um, you need to come out of the tracks really really fast. Now before we get any farther, we're going to be having a free workshop where we're going to go into much greater detail, and I'm going to give you the exact strategies that I use at each point in this process on how to actually design a voicemail that you can basically start using today. 
and actually get people calling you at a way higher clip than you've ever had before. But not just calling you, eagerly calling you, excited to call you, super curious about who you are and your product, and in the back of their mind, envisioning being your newest customer. So at the end of this session, there's going to be um, an invitation. I'm going to point you exactly where to go to to get registered for this free training. So with that being said, there's a tactic that I use, and we cover it in the free training, to actually get people to immediately get that subconscious, that, that zombie mode off, where you actually get people, instead of them handling this routine task like a zombie and they're just like barely even there, to actually get them front and center, actually paying attention, listening to you, and being able to be um, directed by you in exactly what you want them to do. And it's all handled within the first three seconds. Now, from there, once we get people onto <clears throat> actually starting to pay attention and listen to you, I mean, you're on stage. You're the stand-up comedian. Everybody's expecting to tell funny jokes. You're the actor on stage. Everybody's expecting to give a star performance. You're the musician on stage. Everybody's expecting to have this killer voice. So what do you do? Well, at this point, the way we treat the person who is giving us their conscious attention at the time is very different than the tactic that we use to get them off of that zombie mode and actually start paying attention to us. From this point, we're actually going to start talking about content. Now, a little teaser of what we're going to talk about in our workshop, but we don't ever tell them anything about our product or about who we are. We might tell them our name and our company, but that's it. We're not going to do anything at all to trigger that zombie mode that is going to come back and take over the phone call. And what you got to understand is just because we got rid of the zombie mode that, and we shut off that pulvener for once, don't think it's off. All we did is push it in the background, and it's jumping, it's jumping and chomping at the bit. I guess that's what chomping it, jumping is, right? Jumping and chomping at the bit to get back and take over control of this voicemail. So at this point, what we need to do to make that sure that doesn't happen is we need to bob and weave. And what that means is we're not going to give the same boring approach. We're not going to say, hey, my name's Matt. I'm with the sales cheat code. Now that I got your attention, we have this great product that you can get from us. And it costs this much money, and it's going to solve this problem. And it has feature A and feature B and feature C and feature D and benefit A and benefit a, B and benefit C. And I can see you rolling your eyes. Don't think I can't see you rolling your eyes because I know you're rolling your eyes. But I'm, I'm doing that intentionally because immediately that's going to pull that, that zombie back and it's going to take over the conversation and you're going to want no part of it. So what we want to do is we want to keep them off base. We want to get it to a point where they can't, where that zombie who, that pulvener in the back is an expert at recognizing patterns, way more than we are consciously. We got to keep it from ever coming in and saying, hey, I notice a pattern here. Let me take over it. Let me take over and I will, I'll deal with it. But we want to keep them off base so they don't recognize the pattern. Well, so how do you do that? Well, if you figured it out, yes. We cover that in the workshop that we're going to be having and that we're going to give you an invitation to in short order. But basically, there's three main things that we do to keep them off base. Okay. Now, I'm not going to tell you the first two. But the third one, just as a hint, a little bit of a tease, I've got to give you a little tease, right? The first one, or the third one rather, is what we call subconscious mental triggers. Now, 
there's probably close to two dozen subconscious mental triggers that I've identified that work incredibly no matter what sales job you have. And realistically what they do, and the reason why we call them subconscious mental triggers is they're embedded into each of us. So I don't care how old you are, what gender you are, what, what country you come from, what language you speak, if you're confident or not confident. I don't care if you were an only child or had 12 brothers and sisters. It doesn't matter. It's hardwired into all of us. And these are subconscious mental codings that we have inside of us that basically propel us to make a decision in a given area. And so when you learn how to actually understand what they are and learn how to actually use them, you can literally steer people subtly and underneath the surface to make a decision one way or the other. So for example, like you might see somebody on, and I'll give you a hint, you might see somebody on TV who, and they're trying to sell some type of prescription or medical treatment. Well, what they're always going to do is they're always going to dress the person who, by the way, they're always an actor. Uh, they're they're going to have them dress in a white coat. And they're even, just for added effect, going to have them have a stethoscope around their neck. And in the community, we call this peacocking, meaning you're doing something to make them focus on one thing. You're not necessarily focusing on what they say, but you're focusing on that stupid stethoscope of all things. And when they wear the white coat and the stethoscope, what it does is it triggers that subconscious mental trigger underneath, underneath the surface that we call authority. I mean, if it's one thing, if there's some guy in a, in a t-shirt that's telling you, man, this treatment is great. It helped grow my hair or cure whatever problem I have. But when a guy who's wearing a white coat and the stethoscope, and, and more likely he's probably going to have glasses on too, even if he doesn't wear glasses, they're going to put the glasses on the actor. It triggers that authority's uh, trigger, and you're going to be more likely to take that guy's word than you would otherwise. So in this voicemail, we're going to actually use a series, probably about two or three per voicemail, of these proven sociological and psychological subconscious mental triggers to get people, get one, get that zombie to say in the back, but two, to get somebody really interested in what we're offering. Now, from there, we leave the end of it. So now we get somebody, and again, we talk about this in the workshop in detail. So this, again, this podcast is meant to introduce you to a topic to give you the chance to be able to get more phone calls than you've ever had come into you, more phone calls than you can even handle. And in my case, when I did this, I couldn't even handle it. My biggest problem wasn't getting phone calls. My biggest problem was I put pressure on myself to, to say, I'm going to call these people back by the end of the day. But I routinely had so many people calling me back that I couldn't do that. And that was a problem that nobody in my company ever had. So at this point, you get somebody interested, and we're using the, the tools that we have that we cover in this workshop. And finally, we get to a point where we really want to ramp it up. We want to spike this curiosity that they have inside of them. And instead of saying, oh, this sounds really good, I'm going to call Matt back in a few minutes or I'll call him back later, I want them to call me back right now. And so one of the things that we do is we leave the last part is what we call the chum. And for those who don't know, if you ever watch like Shark Week or any of those things on the Discovery Channel, if they're trying to find a shark and they don't know where the sharks are at, but they want the shark to come to their boat, they have this big bucket and they probably have a ton of buckets full of dead fish and fish blood. And they just dump it in the water because the shark can smell just, you know, even a little bit of that from a long way away. 
I'm not a biologist. I don't know the exact numbers on that. But the shark always comes. And so the idea is we want to throw some chum in the water to make them call me back right away. And there's one thing that we can do. There's one tool that we can do. And we're going to cover this in our workshop. And again, this is a free workshop. There's no, there's no requirement. There's no catch. There's no money involved. But this is a free workshop where you can basically go in and learn these tools to be able to get people to start calling you back. Now, this chum is... It's a tool that I created on my own. And in fact, if I'm being totally straightforward and frank with you, I didn't really think about it ahead of time. I did it accidentally one time, and I realized I actually thought I messed up, to be fair. I thought I messed up, and I kind of felt bad about it. I'm like, man, I might have screwed up that phone call. But then I thought, that actually might work really, really well, the way, the way I did it. And so I actually did that about three or four more times, and pretty much everybody called me back, and I'm thinking, wow, that might work really well. And so I added it into my design for my voicemail, and what I found was after I had done this and really just honed it out, I was able to get a 50% callback rate, which means, again, if I left 10 phone calls, five people would call me back. If I didn't want five calls, I wouldn't, if I didn't want five calls back, I wouldn't make 10 calls. If I want more than five calls, and let's say I want eight calls, then I'll make 16 calls. And I'll usually get eight calls calling me back. And so I can literally regulate the amount of business that I want coming in by the amount of phone calls that I have. But it's a guarantee, it's a, not a guaranteed, but it's a pretty guaranteed ratio for what I want to do. Now, keep in mind, my boss did not like this at all. He did like the numbers. He did love what I was doing. He did love the fact that I was pretty much, I was number one on the team. I was top three pretty much always in the company. And I had the highest stick rate in the company, meaning anybody I signed up, I, I almost never had a refund. And in fact, on top of that, those people referred me business like crazy. But he didn't like the fact that in our company, we had a stack ranking of people based on outbound phone calls. And yours truly was dead last. And, and I wasn't even close to being dead last. Whoever was second wasn't even close. And he basically wanted, came up to my desk one day and asked me to make some more phone calls just so I could get off that, the bottom of that list. And of course, I will tell you this, one of the cool things is when you start to do this, one of the great things you have that, that you gain from this isn't necessarily just the numbers or the money or the, even the peace of mind knowing that you're going to keep your job, but it's the confidence level. And that confidence level for me was so high that I turned to my boss and told him, are you really disappointed with what I'm doing? Is this really a problem? And he's like, no. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not changing anything. I'm not. So you can go off. I'm sure there's other people you want to go focus on or people you have to have a conversation with, but it's not me. You need to leave right now. And he left my desk and he never came back. I mean, I did see him again, but he never came back to my desk to, to ask me to do something for him. So, and it's all based on this big ramp up that I did at the end, which I call the chum. Now, if you want to find out what this is and get the full design of this voicemail that I had so that you can replicate it and hopefully have the same results. And, and for all, for all, for all I know, it might have better results. I mean, remember, I never was good at sales. So if you're saying to yourself, well, you know, I'm kind of good at sales, so that means you're automatically off to a better start at sales than I am. So if I'm getting 50%, you might get 60% or 70%. But the fact of the matter is right now, none of that matters. Because right now, and we talked about this in the beginning of the podcast, your boss is writing up a layoff list. He already has it ready. And the reason he has it ready is because his boss, and in my case, my boss was a C-level executive. When they said, we need 
we need to have X number of people that we're laying off, they needed that list within minutes. And if you don't have that list ready, I mean, you're not going to, I mean, I think it's completely irresponsible and, and kind of reprehensible to be fair about it, to be sitting here willy-nilly laying somebody off when you haven't given a ton of thought to it. So I had to have that list ready. And again, it was a fluid list. It changed from time to time. But I knew that I had people that were the most valuable people to me, people that brought in business faster, easier, people that were going to be high referrers. And those people turned out to be culture leaders. Those are the people that I took off of my layoff list and I put on my exempt list. Now, the exempt list is quite simple. There was a handful of people. It wasn't that, wasn't that many people on it. But it was a list that if my boss ever told me they wanted me to lay off this person, I would walk into their office and I would literally close the door, be respectful, and we would have a conversation until she saw the light. It was simple as that. And if you want to get on that exempt list, the path to that is really simple. You have to learn from somebody who is going to teach you about how, to, how those lists are created, how to get off one list, and how to get on the other. And fortunately, you're getting offered that right now. So in the show notes, there's going to be a link to our free workshop that we're going to be having. It's a three-part workshop. It's going to cover, number one, what we covered today in detail, how to design a voicemail that gets you so many people calling you back that you probably can't even handle the amount of phone calls you're going to get. The second one, we're going to talk about how to actually take all those phone calls you have and convert them into new customers. Because what would really suck is if you get all these phone calls and you get no new customers. I mean, that's a total, that's a total morale punch in the you-know-what, and you don't want that to happen. But once you've learned how to easily convert those people into new customers, the next phase is to make sure that you don't have to keep cranking the wheel and that you can put this process on autopilot. And this is probably the easiest of the three, in my opinion, to be able to get people business coming in when you don't even call anybody. And that's really the secret is like, I'm going to be able to get people calling me when I don't know who they are. I've never reached out to them. I don't know their name. I don't know anything about them. And yet they're calling me, asking me to buy from them. I mean, it, it makes it really easy. And that's the type of person your boss will not want <laughs> there's no way in the world they're ever going to let you go. So just remember, we've seen up to this point, 30 million people lose their jobs. But that's, you got to keep in mind, that's with a payroll protection program where all these people are optimistics, optimistic people. I mean, business owners are optimistic people. So they're hoping it's a V-shaped curve and they have a payroll protection program basically helping def, you know, take care of salaries for a while. But we also have politicians coming out, and you can Google this, where they're coming out and saying there's not going to be another payroll protection extension. So you have a very short runway to get this done. And I want to see you save your job. I've been there. I know what it's like to lose your job. I know what it's like to come home and tell your family that you don't have a job anymore. To know that you don't have any income coming anymore. To know you're probably going to lose your house or your apartment. To know that your credit's going to go down the toilet. I mean, there's all kinds of bad things that are going to happen. But even when the economy starts to come up again, oh, man, to have to compete against that horde of humanity that will probably upwards of 100 million people, no joke, 100 million people trying to get a replacement job that I guarantee you, based on the law of economics, will not pay anywhere near as much as what you're getting now. So the best thing you need to do is to make sure you do not get laid off, and I want to show you exactly how to do that. 
So click on the show notes and I will see you in that workshop. Thank you for joining us today on the Sales Cheat Code Podcast. You've just taken the crucial step to improve the trajectory of your life, not just in sales, but in every area of your life. The path to your new destiny has only just begun. You're already ahead of 99% of your competition because you've discovered the cheat code to sales and to finally take control of your life and claim your new destiny. Now it's time to cash in. To head over to thesalescheatcode.com slash podcast and get started by claiming the killer goodies that I've set aside exclusively for you as a thank you for being a new listener. And while you're there, make sure to subscribe to our email list and our YouTube channel so you get our most cutting edge sales cheats sent to you as soon as they're released. Don't wait, do it right now. I can't wait to meet up with you for our next episode and I'll talk to you soon.